Hello there. Welcome to another edition of Talking City, the Manchester City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. My name is Joe Bray. I'll be your host for today. And joining me is Simon Bykowski. Hello. And Simon was at Watford last night to see City win 4-0 in a game that doesn't have any bearing on where City will finish in the Premier League. But it was uh, good to get back to winning ways. How did you find it, Si? Yeah, they they just seem to love playing against Watford, don't they? It was uh, 8-0 earlier in the season and... 6-0 6-0 in the FA Cup final last year. It was just a really convincing performance because, I mean, Watford kind of trailed away after City got their goals, but it was a competitive game for the first half an hour. Um, I think their interim coach kind of bemoaned the drinks break for, for losing their concentration a bit. And um, City, once they got the advantage, they, uh, they didn't let go, really. Um, it was kind of what they were what they needed um, after that FA Cup game against against Arsenal. What what did you make of it? Yeah, I think as you say, it was uh, it was one of them that City needed to get out of the system and put a few goals past people because in the past they've not, or in recent weeks they've possibly taken the foot off the gas or let teams back into it. And uh, it was actually interesting to hear from Ben Foster, the Watford keeper, who was saying when. It got to 18 minutes. He was relieved because in the corresponding home game that City won 8-0, Watford were 5-0 down by that point. <laughs> so he was he was quite good value on his injury. But he said when City are in the mood that they are, they're absolutely unstoppable and there's not a lot they can do. And he felt that Watford were sort of playing for damage limitation, which is not what you want in a relegation fight. But uh, yeah, I think City were ruthless and very professional, which uh, is what they need going into sort of the final game and then on to, on to Madrid. Yeah, you felt really sorry for Ben Foster, didn't you? Um, I mean, at, at, in the ground, you could hear him absolutely screaming at his defence. Like, every time City got through, he was absolutely furious with him. I think he made six saves last night, in, including mm. a penalty. Um, and he still conceded four. And, yeah, conceded eight at the at the Etihad, so not not the best for uh, for him. And we say that you know there's nothing riding on it for City, but you know that result and Villa's last night means that the relegation places have changed. So it's um, Guardiola said before the game, didn't he, about respecting the the integrity of the competition, and, and nobody can accuse him of not doing that because Guardiola playing such a strong team has uh, has directly influenced the the relegation zone. Yeah, and I, I thought it was quite interesting that in his press conference, Guardiola said he's going to give everyone playing time in the last two games ahead of Madrid. And then in his pre-match interview, he said, no, no, I'm going strong. It doesn't like, not everyone's going to get minutes. So I don't know whether that was mind games for Watford or for his own players. But uh, yeah, I think it was, it's the right decision to go to go strong and, and continue to, to press for the win. Because obviously, yeah, it will influence who stays up and who goes down. And uh I think the City's record in the last three games against Watford now stands at uh, 18 goals and no <laughs> no conceded. And yes. I think under Guardiola, it's like, um, I think 37 goals now they've scored, which is uh, wow. absolutely ridiculous. So it, one benefit for them going down, if they do, would be that they don't have to play City next season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was... Um, they were really interesting comments, like you say, and the difference between his press conference and his his pre-match interview, I, I tried to ask him about it after the game and I don't know whether it was the technology or just the question, but he, he didn't really 
get what um what I was trying to ask, but it kind of seems like he, he he was sort of experimenting a bit for Real Madrid because of the Cancelo at left back thing, but like it was a strong team, and you you kind of think, well, is there any you know can he learn that much from these two games? Um, because there is like a gap between the end of the Premier League and this Champions League game with Madrid. So, so the the training camp that they have is going to be more important than than what he can learn in these games. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned Cancelo there. I thought he had probably one of his best games in a City shirt. What was it like seeing him in person at the ground? Yeah, he, I thought he played quite well. Um, you know, I, I, you don't always spot everything, and it was uh, it was especially fun at Watford because you didn't have a desk or power, so I was sort of keeping <laughs> one eye on the uh, the laptop battery throughout the game. But uh, it was it was good. I, it was there were really strong comments from Guardiola after the game about Cancelo. You know, said he's he's a different person from the player that he arrived, and and you can read into that that he's a different player from the person that was at the club in March because, you know, he, he was um, February, he, didn't pl- he was on the bench for the Champions League game against Real Madrid, the first leg, and he was excluded from the travelling squad altogether for the Carabao Cup final later that week, um, which is like unheard of for a, a £60 million mm-hmm. pound player to uh, to not even make like the 20-man travelling squad. Um, is is remarkable and kind of spoke to the problems that Cancelo's had and throughout, Guardiola's always said, oh, Cancelo, we know he can play, but, you know, we want more. He needs to, sh- to show he can improve. He needs to be open to learning. And he's basically said that he's now really open to learning and he's happy in training, which is what the manager wants to see. And with uh, with Mendy suspended against Real Madrid, Cancelo's got a real chance to start him now. You know, there's only Zinchenko in his way, really, unless you move Laporte out. But why would you move Laporte? out of a central mm. defence that still needs him. Yeah, definitely. And Zinchenko's hardly had that much playing time. I think it said a lot that Cancelo did play last night rather than Zinchenko, who's normally considered the second left-back. Yeah, well, that was, I mean, where he, he said, sort of, you know, he knows what Cancelo can, he knows what Zinchenko can bring. So um, he wanted to see what, what Cancelo can. Um, but I think he will be encouraged by by what he has seen. I, I, I don't know, if you were picking the team tomorrow, would you start Cancelo or Zinchenko? I think if Cancelo continues as he, does, as he did last night, I think he would be a bit more of a dynamic option than uh, Zinchenko. And uh, the couple of times that Zinchenko's played recently, he's, he's put the odd pass wayward, the odd sort of mistake that would make you think that Madrid would capitalise on that. So... Yeah, I think Cancelo would start against Norwich to continue to see him in that position and then possibly going ahead into Madrid and, like you say, with Mendy suspended. I think he would make make more sense. Um, I was wanted to get your thoughts on, obviously, City were pretty disappointing against Arsenal, who then went to lose to Aston Villa. How how important do you think it is to for the response in the last two games or is it just put that semi-final defeat to one side and just put all your focus on on Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, it will have been really disappointing for for Guardiola and the players, and, and I think that came out in kind of the post match 
verdict and comments and you know the manager criticizing players when he he doesn't normally and he, he's kind of like three press conferences in a row he's kind of had a go at them about it um you know they were they were clear when they when it was clear that the league was going to resume that the FA Cup and the Champions League were their targets and they just didn't perform uh, against Arsenal and they've had this thing in knockout competitions throughout you know they've been the dominant team in the league for the previous two seasons but they've been unable to turn it on in knockout games and if you haven't got that knack you haven't got that knack and they've been working to try and get it and get it and they kind of thought they were getting somewhere when they beat Real Madrid at the Bernabeu but um, but that Wembley defeat you know it's a team they've beaten every game in the last three years. It's a ground they've won at, you know, so many times in the last three years. Um, so that will have really set them back. So it kind of makes it even more important now what they're going to do with, with Madrid. And I'm sure that that will put greater emphasis on Guardiola to kind of make sure his tactical side of the game is absolutely right. Um, to leave as little to, to chance, but also mentality as as he can, um, in order to kind of make sure that that they're uh, they're good, they're good for the Madrid game because kind of Norwich, I don't know what 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 can be learned from from the <laughs> Norwich game on Sunday. Um, it, 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 I guess it, it's just about individual milestones, is it? Yeah, you'd think so. There's uh, Sterling was talking about getting twenty goals. You can't you can't see him getting the golden boot, can you? But he wants to get on the score sheet. De Bruyne obviously really, really wants that assist record. Edison, if he gets a clean sheet, can get the uh, the golden gloves. So you'd expect City to go strong and help those players to get those those records, wouldn't you? But going back to sort of the preparation for Madrid, what stuck out for me yesterday was Guardiola's answer when it was put to him that this was the first time in the whole season that they've won four games in a row in the league. And he didn't take that as a good thing. He said, that's why we've not won the league. That's why we've not been consistent enough last season. We went 14 games unbeaten and City are better when they have a run of games behind them and are used to winning and have that momentum. So I think they they definitely need that for the Champions League. If they can beat Madrid and put in a good performance, they'd have that sort of momentum going into it. Uh, so it, it's important against Norwich, I think, to, to definitely win. I think they will do. I don't think anyone's sort of predicting a, a Norwich win given the way that the two teams have been playing but I'd, I'd imagine he will go strong and hope hope that the players like Sterling, De Bruyne and Edison get those records um, to keep their confidence high and then have a good two weeks of training before that Madrid game. Yeah, it's um, it, it's always very interesting to hear Guardiola answers and the question that was asked of it because I, I think that he was asked about Raheem Sterling getting more goals than he's ever got in a Premier League season and within you know 10 seconds he's turned it into his team being inconsistent and how individual mm. achievements don't matter um you know he didn't have to be prompted to bring up this stat that they've only won that four games in a in a row winning is is their best run so um it, it's clearly something that's been on his mind but you kind of think back to his first season in charge and uh that was really inconsistent and they, they didn't win anything, but they put a run of games together at the back end of that season, including Watford away on the last day, um, that kind of laid the foundations 
for the season that would would follow when of course they got 100 points so so yeah I, I guess kind of it, it it will help um if they can build on Watford against Norwich and like you say we're kind of expecting a, a comfortable win because Norwich have been absolutely atrocious if not for <laughs> all season then like especially since the restart so it it could be be uh, be big but especially now they're out of the FA Cup the uh, the Champions League is kind of the big one because if they win the Champions League I think you can say they've had a a, a good season uh, without it can you say the same? I'm not too sure and I think after the follow uh, the FA Cup defeat I think that was a big game in determining whether it has been a good good or bad season if they come away with you know two domestic trophies and a decent shot at winning the Champions League I think you could spin it as saying you know what they've they've had a good go they've not been near Liverpool in the league but they've they've competed in other trophies but I think the the manner of the performance against Arsenal especially I just think they didn't turn up and I think it was Okai Gundogan who said Arsenal wanted it more which he never accused Man City side of of not wanting to win a game more than their opponents which I think was probably going to be the most worrying thing for Guardiola so seeing the performance at Watford and you would expect going into to Norwich, I think that would be what Guardiola would be, have been most pleased about rather than the result, the goals, the sort of thing. I think he said after the game himself that he's, he was really pleased with sort of the way that the performance was um, last night. Um, I wanted to... Uh, my other point that I was going to make was Kevin De Bruyne could this week be named the player of the year. Now, a lot of talk is that it's between De Bruyne and Jordan Henderson. Yes. It seems that with Henderson set to lift the Premier League trophy, he's within a good shout. But surely when it comes to football inability and what they've done on the field, surely it's Kevin De Bruyne's trophy to lose. Yeah, I I saw um, the Anfield rap, which are quite a popular Liverpool uh, a fan site. I don't want to disrespect them. Fan site, kind of, they 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 cover Liverpool. Um, and uh, I think this morning they gave Jordan Henderson the embodiment of Liverpool FC award or or something along those lines. Right. But I thought, you know what, that is like bang on. That is absolutely what Henderson epitomizes. Um, he's led Liverpool really well, but in in no parallel universe, in no sort of hypothetical situation, could Jordan Henderson be seen as the best player in the league? Like, there's, there's absolutely no way. It, it, no. It's equivalent to Solskjaer saying De Gea is the best goalkeeper in the world. <laughs> like, De Gea isn't the best goalkeeper in the Premier League, in Manchester United, in Manchester, and Henderson is not the best midfielder. Henderson's not the best player in the Liverpool team. Is he the best midfielder in the Liverpool team? Yeah, he's got all these kind of extra qualities that he adds. And, and you know, I don't think you can rule out his his leadership and what he brings to the, the squad. But they shouldn't really come into to a conversation about um, the best player in the league uh, for a season. Now, I wouldn't give it to De Bruyne this season because he hasn't won the league. I'd kind of give it to the team that wins the league. But given that... De Bruyne didn't get it two years ago when he should have done, and Bernardo Silva didn't get it last year when he should have done. 
clearly the the criteria is just the best player in the league, in which case the best player in the league by a country mile is is Kevin De Bruyne, surely. Yeah, I think I think I definitely agree with that. And but, uh, am I, I, am I missing something with Henderson? Or um, you know, is is he has he been the best player in the Liverpool team? I think he's. I mean, you can't argue with how he's how he's led that team. I think for me, what would be a reasonable compromise would be similar to what happened last season was when Raheem Sterling won the Footballer of the Year, the Football Writers Footballer of the Year. And that yeah. sort of incorporates the off-the-field stuff. So Henderson's done brilliantly with his charity work, for example, and he's yeah. he's he's led Liverpool brilliantly to to that incredible winning run and winning the title quicker than anyone else. So if he was to win that, I think that would be absolutely fair. But I think someone like Kevin De Bruyne would the player of the year if it's just on the field and what they've done in that 90 minutes on the game I think surely Kevin De Bruyne has to be the front you said you wouldn't give it to De Bruyne because he hasn't won the league who would you give it to? Well I'd probably give it to Sadio Mane Um, I feel like he's kind of just been probably the most important I mean I can reel off a load of Liverpool players that I give it to before Henderson like (laughs) Van Dijk has been Colossal at the back as well, and uh, again, sorry, Trent Alexander-Arnold has been has been superb. Um, but I, I think Mane, um, maybe my memory's failing me, but I, I kind of think he has just um, got Liverpool over the line enough times because it's not like they've absolutely blitzed opponents, um, but they've won <laughs> they've won enough games. They've won the games by. Um, the margin that they needed to and, and City might have sort of smashed opponents but they've not smashed enough um, and I think Mane has been the the important figure for in that Liverpool attack this season I know Firmino's kind of done a lot without scoring goals there their version of Gabriel Jesus if you like but um, yeah I, I would I would give it to Mane but like I say my criteria for it isn't the same as uh, as everyone else is clearly so, um, you know, if you're talking about the way that the last two years have been decided, then I don't think there is any question that it has to go to, to Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I think, yeah, I can't really argue with that. But I think, yeah, if Kevin De Bruyne was to lose it to Henderson, I think he would be rather annoyed. If he was to lose it to Mane, then there's an, an argument to say that Mane deserves it. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, there's no Ballon d'Or this season as well. I saw a few City fans thinking that De Bruyne was robbed for that. I'm not too sure he's <laughs> at that level. Uh, maybe they win the Champions League, I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Robert Lewandowski would be more oh yeah m- definitely. more disappointed with uh, <laughs> with that. But um, yeah, it, it's been a joy to watch De Bruyne mm. again this season, and we can kind of only hope that he does kind of step it up in the in the Champions League um, because he will he will need it yeah and, and hopefully and he does get the uh, hopefully he gets the assist record because he was trying very very hard at what yeah point. yeah he's um, it felt like he was turning down all manner of shooting opportunities to uh, mm. to to score to, to to set up his teammates and his teammates have missed some absolute horrors Especially since the restart, like 
it's um, amazing. He, he should all, already be high and dry. And I kind of think as well, like that one against Arsenal, first game back that was taken off him. And there's another one. That I think there's two since the restart, at least. And then he felt he should have had another two before. So, you know, he should be absolutely high and dry, but he's not. But it, it would, I know people may not necessarily care about these records um, as much as we do writing about them, but uh, it, it would be a real shame. Um, if he if he didn't get the award, I think. Uh, yeah, but, and and also, you know, if he breaks that record, then that would make it even after if he if he doesn't get the individual player of the year award. Yeah, definitely. I know he he has commented in the past saying that in both league games against Arsenal, he's had fairly obvious assists taken off him, so he's he feels he's got it already, and he's uh, been tweeting the Premier League about that. Um, but. There's also just a general feeling, and De Bruyne spoken about it, Aguero, that City players are overlooked for the awards. So I think it would be quite satisfying to see him win that Player of the Year award, especially, as you say, if he gets the record. So um, we will look forward to that and see if he gets that and uh, what the reaction will be if, say, Jordan Henderson does win it. Obviously, City are at uh, Norwich on, is it Sunday, the final day? Yes, it is, yeah. Sunday, yeah. four o'clock, British summertime. So we'll be we'll be following that that game and see City get the record as well as exciting top four and relegation battles going on at the same time. And uh, I think that concludes our our chat for today on Talking City. So thank you for listening. Um, give us a follow and a subscribe and uh, everything that you do on on those on the platforms where you get your podcasts. And we'll be back uh, shortly, uh, probably previewing the Real Madrid game in a couple of weeks in the Champions League.